0: it, check. We ready? We're ready. Hello, I am JR. Welcome to the JR Show podcast. This is episode 11, and I think of all the artists I've interviewed over the past 20 years... Darren from We Are Messengers is a guy that leaves it all on the table in an interview. We never know what's going to happen. All I know is we're going to get real and we're going to get raw and he's going to say something that will crack you up. At the same time, he'll say something that you may remember the rest of your life. We're also going to put him in front of the piano, find out uh, how how well he can play with 30 seconds of tickling the ivories, and then going to ask him questions about his thoughts on prayer and how well he and his wife have done at, you know, controlling tech in their house let's get after it darren of we are messengers let's get it ladies and gentlemen boys and girls please welcome my guests darren from we are messengers
1: hello mate good man i love that intro there's a show in ireland called bosco and it was a little small puppet with red hair and that's how they'd introduce themselves to oh wow that's exactly
0: (laughs) my secret is out um i've warned warned my team that two years living in ireland you bring out It's embarrassing when I go back and listen to our chats and it's like, oh, that comes out. This comes up, you know, all these different, you know, because when you go to breakfast with somebody from Tullamore every day for two years. Yeah. Then it's like in you.
1: It's infectious. Yeah. You know, that makes it sound like some kind of disease, but it's not. (laughs) It's actually, it's actually just awesome. Well, I brought my mask, so. So you're suggesting that the Irish accent is like COVID? (laughs) Yeah. I don't think a mask is going to protect you from an air attack. Yeah. Well, big congrats on the song
0: Love uh, gotcha. has just you know added to the list of, of songs that have done so well the past few years from We Are Messengers. Um, and this one is one of the coolest vibes of a messenger song I've heard. Thanks, bro. Like, first time you hear it, it's like, okay, I've not heard this before. Because a lot of times you'll hear a song is like, yeah, it's just different lyrics, but <laughs> the vibe of this song is just so great. Thank um, you. So, from uh, it was it an album or an EP in January?
1: So album dropped in January. We did an EP uh, in the middle of the year before whatever year that was. Um, <laughs> but and so yeah, album came out in January, and it was our first full length since probably two thousand sixteen. Yeah. And so yeah, it's. It was really cool because I was kind of nervous about a second record because everyone tells you your second full length. Day. The bogeyman, that's the hard one. The bogeyman, who says the bogeyman <laughs> anymore? Um, but uh, Or ever. Or ever. <laughs> <laughs> I might have heard someone once in a village say it. Um, but yeah, just so, so thrilled with it because we did it all ourselves in terms of me and Kyle, my guitar player. We rode it on the road. We co-produced it, self-produced it it was just a real labor of love. And we did it whenever we felt excited about it. Like there's a love song on there called always you that I wrote for my wife. And we wrote that in a dressing room as B Haley, Toby Max old drummer mm. was in his underwear sitting beside me. Someone was using the bathroom and there's me and Kyle sat with our laptop writing this love song <laughs> for my wife. Weird, but uh, really beautiful, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it was to you. Now I have that picture, but yeah, <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, um, Let's uh, let's lead off with an icebreaker. Not that you and I need it, but let's if do. you were put into the circus, Darren, uh-huh. based on your skill sets, where do you like? If they're like, all right, everybody to your positions. Here we go. Shows about to start. Hey, new guy. Yeah. Based on the things you know how to do, uh-huh. where, where do you think you can make it?
1: Dude, I could do two things. I reckon I could be. Uh, the ringmaster, because I'm, I'm pretty decent at communicating things, yeah. but then I'm also an introvert, so I'd probably just lie on the floor and communicate from the ground. <laughs> and uh, secondly, you give me a football, I'm pretty handy, I could do a couple round the worlds, you know, yeah. uh, my knees are not quite what they were, but I'd still get it done, you know. Yeah.
0: Do <laughs> do they do, soc- do they do soccer in a circus? I'm trying to think.
1: Maybe in America. Yeah. <laughs> how are you with animals? <laughs> me, dude. I, uh, Tigers, specifically. T- <laughs> dude, no. Have you watched Tiger yeah. King, bro? That show is... I wouldn't recommend it for anybody. I didn't watch it. I me watched either. every episode of it from start to finish. Yeah, me neither. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I thought it that. was a documentary on animals. So the Lord's creation, that's how I got into it. That's
1: it, bro. I was waiting for the end for yeah. Noah's Ark. <laughs>
0: There was no scripture. No. I was waiting for a
1: twist. So yeah, let's edit that out. But <laughs> but I tell you, animals, yeah, uh, dude, Americans are obsessed with animals. Like, yeah. I hate to say this, but like animals live outside. So where I come from, if you have a dog, the idea of a dog living in a house with you, that's alien to us. Yeah. So... Nah, no, I don't really like animals a lot, to be honest. I like yeah. eating them. Right. I hope you're not vegetarian, <laughs> are you? Are you vegan? No. Do, 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 do. Edit that one out too. We'll get some content eventually. <laughs> the only thing I'm editing out is you saying, edit that out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and yes, I did go vegan on January on December 31st. Are you really? Not because of animals. I love animals I mean, to eat them. I had high cholesterol,
1: so I had to stop. All right. So it's,
0: I'm still with you.
1: This conversation semi awkward, but I like it. I'm not a vegan. And then you say, I'm a vegan. I'm not a
0: vegan by choice. I was forced there. So Dr. Willoughby, if you're listening. It's a pretty uh,
1: solid start to an interview. Yeah. This is actually how I pictured it going. So I'm, believe it or not, I'm just going to, I'm just going to become more like Bear from Need to Breathe. and just going to chill myself over here. That one could be that cool. Nah,
0: bro. Um, no, bro. Let's go into love right here. Actually, a lot of times, I'll always go for the heart. Like, tell me where the heart, but I'm actually curious about the sound, Uh, you know, as you're fiddling around with it, how, how did this, you know,
1: was it a keyboard that's doing the, uh, no, we got like real trumpets in there. Um, this is a strange one because the record was done. It was finished. And I was walking home from a show one night when I say walking home, I was walking back to a hotel from having eaten a vast amount of carbohydrates. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All those
0: songs, you can't afford a vehicle?
1: <laughs> no, bro. City transportation. Dude, you know, I just like to stay humble, you know? <laughs> right? What does that even mean? Jesus didn't have a car? <laughs> yeah. Why would I? No, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> in some other city. So I'm walking home, back to the hotel room, uh, and feeling just pretty pretty Irish about the whole thing, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm feeling melancholic and lonely and homesick. And, um, and more than that, I think I'm feeling... Uh, just kind of lost and that it's very easy to come and do music and and it's a joy to do it and I know the great privilege it is to do what I do. But mate sometimes you're out in the road and you're just like, what am I doing? Like what what on earth am I doing? My family's five thousand miles away, you know, my my wife and kids are in, in Tennessee and I'm in Minnesota or somewhere and you kinda think to yourself, have I missed it? You know, God did I did, did I did I chase success more than I chased you, did I love music more than I've loved my family, you know, have I lost myself, you know, one of those nights, and I I felt, I kind of make light of it, but I felt so low, I felt so low mate, and I didn't know how to get out of it, and so I do what I always do when I don't know what to do, and I just started talking to to God, I was just chatting on the way home, I was like, see I teach my kids right, JR, I teach my kids not to pray formal prayers, Mm. not to be, Oh Lord, how great thou, you know, has desires my heart to be all this kind of stuff. I'm like, just talk to him, talk to him like he's your mate. Tell him that you played soccer today or you played in your bike today or, you know, you made a craft. And so that's the way I talked to God. I was just saying, God, I just don't know what to do, mate. I just feel wretched. And I've never heard God's voice like audibly. That's the truth. Yeah. But mate, everything in me just, just felt the Lord kind of be speaking, you know, he just said, don't hang your head. Cause I'm walking home, my head down, looking at the ground, thinking this is it. I just got to give this up and go back and work on a farm. Yeah. And the Lord says, don't hang your head when you get lonely. I'll never leave your side. Yeah. So I text my mate, Kyle, he was at another hotel, uh, and he texts me these four chords for that song, for yeah. the chorus. And by the time I got back to the hotel room, the whole song was written, huh. you know, on a, on a 10 minute walk home. Yeah. And we went into a kindergarten room at a venue, a church the next day. And there's like pictures of Noah's Ark on the wall and all these wee animals and stuff. And uh, there's Delicious. A, d- huh. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's us sitting in these tiny little kids' chairs, ah, you know. That's and he pulls up the keyboard, pull out the vocal, cut the vocal. And the song was pretty much done in that little kindergarten room. And then we said, this song needs proper joy, proper hope. So I went back to like, you know, listening to like UB40 and stuff from when I was a kid. And uh, I said, let's get some horns on this thing. We got some horns on it. And so it's an incredibly joyful song. But lyrically, when you listen to that first verse, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody hurts sometimes. I know that's what they say, but right now it seems this loneliness won't go away. It was like it was written for this season you know, where we're all so separated. But it's carrying this joyfulness that I've struggled to carry in my whole life because, mate, you know me. Like, it's hard being me because I'm caught up in my head and I'm caught up in melancholy and it's an Irish ailment. But this song has carried us through. We've we've had so much fun in this season. Like, so much dancing and joy. And this morning when I came over, before I came over here, mate, I came out of the bathroom, you know, I showered and, I saw my wife lying in bed and, you know, I'm 40 year old man. And I looked at this woman and I was like, God, I love this woman. Like, I love this woman and I kissed her tenderly and then I left. And this song has brought us so much joy. And I know that sounds real soppy, but you have to understand my marriage has been a mess up and down and my whole life has been a mess. And God has used this season just to remind me what really matters. It's kind of cool. That's a long answer. Sorry, Jay. No, It was the, worth the trip up. <laughs> <laughs> worth the trip. That's good. That's, that's almost like an insult on a compliment at the no, same time.
0: Was, it's stuff like that, that I compared to pat answers. Like what the last five minutes, people will remember what you just said forever. Well, like forever. But so I do. that's the stuff that gets me excited. This is one I've been just waiting weeks to ask you because It's a topic i really want to tackle i use these interviews a lot too you know this isn't a teaching program so i when i do get the artists in even though you're not pastors and priests you you are minister you whether you admit it or not because you're on a platform you do minister to people intentionally or not yes sir um same with me like i can ignore it too but i have this microphone you know which is scary it's crazy to me um But the subject of prayer is one that, you know, as a kid growing up in church, it was a guilt thing. It was a get it in, like brushing your teeth. It was get it in or you're not right. Yeah, yeah. But now at the age of 43, I still don't fully understand it, but it's such a huge part of the the journey. And so I've been trying to, I don't read much, but I've been trying to read Timothy Keller has a great book on prayer where he dives into the are we doing here when you pray? Mm. Um, so anytime you get a victory on the subject like a growth in the subject you hold on to that desperately because like am I in my subconscious when I talk to you? Are you even hearing me when mm. I speak? Mm-hmm. Am I wasting my time? Do I have enough faith for you to even hear me? Mm. Why can't I move that rock right there? you know mm. like stuff like that. So I have had a couple victories I feel. But it's all because speak, people have spoken their victory to me. Mm. Like Mark Hall of Casting Crowns shaped me forever. It was just one little line. He said, I, I have to pray with a little bit of volume because I'm OCD and my brain will go everywhere when mm. I'm praying. And he said, the act of at least a whisper or some sort of vocalization allows me to focus on the words that I'm saying. And that changed me. So I picked that up from him. That's good. and kind of took it on my journey. It's and good. it helps an OCD like me focus. Um, so what are a couple for you that you've learned over Just, your journey prayer-wise?
1: Uh, Praying is a weird thing. Yeah, You know, you're you're talking to a God you cannot see. And I have really, in this past season, I have looked at doubting, you know, a lot. Because the thing is, when you're a Christian artist and you do what we do, I think people assume that we don't doubt. Like we assume 100% all day long that Jesus Christ of Nazareth uh, was the son of God, that he lived a perfect sinless life, that he went to a cross, was crucified and rose on the third day. And then he came out of the grave and appeared to 500 disciples, right? We assume that that's true all the time. Honestly, mate, believing is hard work. Mm. Believing is hard work. You see, faith is a gift from the Lord, right? Mm. So that's the gift part. But the, the hard work is the wrong word, but the hard part of, of faith is continuing to believe even when you cannot see, to, to continue to love God, even when you don't feel it, even when you don't know if he's listening, to continue to pray, even when prayers are never answered. Mm. And that's true faith. See, anyone can believe when their prayers are answered. Anyone can believe when their legs grow out or when they walk out of a wheelchair or when they're, like I was an adulterer and an alcoholic who was set free. But it's amazing, even though I believed so fiercely after those experiences of Jesus in my life, it's amazing how the weeds of your life grow up around that and kill your, kill your faith. Mm. So I've wrestled with doubt. I've wrestled with um, a lot of fear, a lot of insecurity in this season, in uh, the season's preceding this more so. And uh, you know what I continued to do, JR? I continued to talk to him. Like he was my best friend. Like he was the most wonderful daddy. And I I talked to him just like we're chatting, you know, and I tell him the real things about me. Mm. Mate, I walked in last night from small group and the kids went to bed and my wife was up in bed and I'm walking through the kitchen and I'm just chatting and I'm saying, (laughs) you don't really want to know what I'm saying. (laughs) But I'll tell you, what I said was, God, I felt so ashamed. And thank you for making me feel clean because I need to feel clean, Mm. you know, and I don't know, but I know that when I talk to him, when I talk with him, I don't feel like me. I don't feel like that disappointing, wretched waste of space. I feel like I'm a son again and I feel like I have value. And I want, this is super cool, Jerry. Thanks for asking the question because you don't know how poignant it is. So (laughs) working really hard on my kids, lads. You need to talk to Jesus. We need to talk to Jesus. And so I'm in, I'm in, where am I? I'm in the house one night. Yeah. Who's that, Jerry? Yeah. Hey, Jerry. All right, I'll go back to this. So super poignant, right? Teaching my kids how to talk to Jesus. Walking in my boy's bedroom, right? My oldest one's in his bunk bed. My My second youngest is in his little bed beside him. Yeah. And I had told him the night before, said, son, talk to Jesus, pray to him, you know, you just got to hang out with him. I walked in, talked him in, put him to sleep, left the room. And about 20 minutes later, I thought I'd just check on him for some reason. I don't know why. Mm. Walked into the room. He's turned facing the other way. It's completely dark. Mate, he's just chatting the bit out. Uh. Like he is like, so he's like, Jesus. And today I was out playing with my friend and we were riding our bags and Jesus, I was doing this. And then he says, Jesus, how are you? And I was just like, I was like, oh my goodness. I have never heard anyone in my life ask Jesus, how are you? Yeah. And you know what? I've started praying recently. I'm like, Jesus, how are you? Yeah. Because my prayers are so focused on me all the time. Yeah. And this was never about me. It was never about getting what I wanted. You right. see the gospel in America and around the world so often becomes about what can we get from Jesus? Like a genie. you little genie. Rub Jesus on the head and he gives you what you want. Yeah. But we don't like those verses that say suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope and hope never disappoints. Yeah. And we don't like asking Jesus how he is. We assume he's fine because he's the king of the world, which he probably is. Yeah. But he wants real relationship. So my prayers have become less God. Can you give me what I want? And more God, I just want to be with you. Yeah. Can we hang out? How are you? Tell me something. I want to hear him speak. Right. Right. It's weird, dude. Like, honestly, this whole Christianity thing, if we're just yeah. if we're all honest for a minute, like it's weird. Yeah. Bro, we write songs about a God we've never seen. We sing songs about a Jesus we never saw. Uh, we write songs trying to tell people about this great love that a lot of the time we don't even feel. Right. But you know what? I would give my life ten thousand times for it over and over again. Yeah. Because it is the only thing that has made me feel alive. It is the only thing that has allowed me to be clean. Right. And it is the only thing that has allowed me to turn from an adulterer and a drunk into a faithful husband yeah. and a daddy. And Jesus, if I never see him until I close my eyes and I open them <laughs> in eternity, I'm all in. I'm yeah. going to keep talking to you even when I think you're not even listening. Yeah, to Be- bounce off that. Sorry. You know, go for that. I'm finished. Uh, That's a round.
0: the I got up at 2 a.m. last night. Some high school friend, it was just a random high school friend, Facebook messaged me. And she's like, hey, I think I'm an alcoholic. You know, when people know you're a Christian from high school, you get the random, yeah. hey, help me. Uh, you seem to have a higher power. And she's like, I think I'm an alcoholic. She's like, what should I do? And then after giving her some a few steps, she's like, so you really think that animals talked in the Bible? And I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and then I sat there looking at my answer going, Yes. <laughs> But uh, Matt Redman once said a great thing to me. He, I, I, said with all the leading worship around the world, do you still, Matt Redman, have these moments of doubt? He's like, of course I do. But he said, I, I've seen enough to know yeah. that I know. Yeah. And it, it's those, it's that thought that carries you through the me replying at 2 a.m. Yes, I believe a donkey started speaking English. <laughs> I just, I type it, and then I'm like, I've seen enough to know yeah. that I'm just gonna send this. And the rest is out of Mate, my Mate, that's so good. I've yeah. seen
1: enough to know. I'm yeah. going to a right, a- right after this. Yeah. I've seen enough to know. That's really cool. Yeah. So Thomas, who had walked with Jesus all those years, those three years of ministry, and had watched him heal lepers and cast out demons and had watched him draw lines in the sand when violent men wanted to throw stones at a woman who'd been caught in adultery. And Jesus writes in the sand yeah. and he says, which one of you didn't sin? And I almost hear him saying, well, you dingo, you all sinned, right? Drop your stones and get, but he didn't have to do that. He yeah. said, you know, whoever was the first, or whoever of you didn't sin, you can cast the first stone. Yeah. So Thomas had witnessed all these incredible miracles, this incredibly wonderful moral man who was God. And yet Thomas, when Jesus died and he heard that he was risen, Thomas said, like, I don't believe this. Right. And what did Jesus do? You see, so often if we see someone with doubt, we tend to be like, you just need to pray harder. You know, you need to read more. You need to do more. No, that's not how Jesus works. Jesus was really close. So he came to Thomas. He walked through a wall, dude. Yeah. Like he walked through a wall, and Thomas is still like, oh, well, that's not very yeah, impressive, <laughs> you know? And then I've seen Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jesus comes and, say, and he puts his hand, yeah. Thomas's hand, into his side, into the wound. And then Thomas believes. So Jesus doesn't rebuke us because we doubt. Because he's really kind and he draws us in if we're willing to go there with him. But he does say, blessed are those who believe but have not seen. Yeah. So we, I think when we get to heaven, I think God's going to be like, I'm so proud of you that you believed even when it was hard, even when it hurt. And even when you couldn't see, you chose to believe because believing is a choice, just like loving somebody is a choice. Right. That's cool. That's
0: cool. That's a great story about your son, too. My yeah.
1: my first thought would be, you'll
0: listen to me about prayer, but I can't get you to clean your room. <laughs> what's, what's that going to take?
1: <laughs> Dude, if he never cleans his room, but he'll talk to Jesus, yeah, yeah. I'm in. But I want him to clean that room. That's great. <laughs> Real quick, let's talk about tech
0: in the Mulligan home. Mm-hmm. Your kids are getting um, older, and they're being raised in a society where... These little machines have captivated our children, but every home, like with me, my wife is the tough one. I am like, these are my buddies. I don't get to see them that often every yeah. day. So I don't want to come in and go, hey, you've been on that game for. So I just let it go, yeah. even though it may be turning his brain into scrambled eggs. And my wife has to be the yeller about that. But as parents, nobody's gone through what we're going through as parents because we've never had that big of a distraction. Yeah. We were always outside, doing you in Ireland, me in Seattle, where it's, you're constantly wet and grey and cold, but you still were out there. Oh, you're making me homesick just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, but these children are attached to it. So how have you guys handled it at your house?
1: Tech? Yeah, badly, really yeah. badly. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be some wonderful parent. We have allowed our kids way too much screen time. We have allowed them... Um, way too much opportunity to be disengaged from us. And I think that's part of the gift of being home in this last season is that I've been able to try somewhat to say, kids, put that away. We're going to go outside. So like, I took them down to the park yesterday, two days ago, and we went training. I put, brought the cones out, brought the footballs out. We did circuits. We did drills. And I've forgotten, in my obsession with bringing Jesus to the world, it has been easier to let them look at their tablets than have them distract me from doing so. And in this season, I've remembered that my first role was to love my wife and to love them kids well. So yeah, them tablets, yeah, much less time recently, but we did a bad job with it, bro. But we got four kids. Like, we got a two-year-old, an 11-year-old, a something-other-year-old, and a (laughs) something-other-year-old. And... uh, (laughs) It's, what day is it? It's nuts, mate. And so yeah. it's very easy to say, here, take that tablet and draw a picture of a squirrel or whatever, yeah. you know?
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the other option. If you're not on that tech, you're drawing pictures of rodents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much.
1: I would say our daughter, Emmanuel, is so creative and she never really looks at a computer or a tablet or a TV. She, she goes to, night, uh, to, go to bed at night and before she goes to sleep, she writes out her jobs for the next day. And it's usually I'm going to make like a turtle out of a toilet roll right. holder or something. And all day long, she spends her days making crafts because huh. she wants to be a teacher. I me mean, be yeah. my baby girl, I'm telling you, you see it my worst. She still looks at me like I'm like the greatest thing in the yeah. world to her. And it's been my experience that it's been the women in my life, um, my mother, my wife, my daughter, that are most like Jesus. You see, men are too busy building kingdoms, wanting to change the whole world, take over. And women are just listening, they're ready. And they want to give of themselves. And I, I see that in my daughter too. And I didn't give it to her. It, mm. It's come from her mom and come from the Lord. I don't know where I'm going with that. But it's partly me. I'm, I'm sick of, when I hear people talking about like, oh, these women can't be preaching in church or whatever. I'm like, okay, I understand maybe where you're coming from if I look at the scriptures. But the fact is that men have shirked their responsibilities. Yeah. Men aren't locking themselves in rooms, praying and weeping over our communities. You know, men aren't studying the scriptures. Men aren't giving their lives to the Lord. And therefore, women have had to do that. And so I have a lot of time and a lot of um, respect and love for the women yeah. in my life that have shaped me.
0: That's great. You know? I don't want to put it down. <clears throat> I have a, a daughter that is exactly as you described. Yeah. And to a T, you just described her. But when she hit 14, then I, didn't, <laughs> I did not exist. And I'm like, where did you go? And some people had to call me and warn me. No, this is normal. This is normal.
1: She'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> that was a shock. Oh, don't say that to me. No. I'm like, I'm telling her, you know, you can never get married. You have to come live with us, yeah. you know.
0: This room is yours till you die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that terrifies me. Uh, it really does. I'd rather... Great. Um, what is one of the song off the the album that came out in January that is your favorite that you would love for me to play that we
1: haven't played? Oh, man. I, uh, there's so many songs in that record. I think, yeah, would you please play the song Always You? Because it's my favorite song that I've ever written. And you know this as well as I do when we do albums, usually the artists' favorite songs are the songs that never, ever get played on radio or, you know, never really find a home anywhere, to be honest. Yeah. Because they don't fit. And this song doesn't fit anywhere. But it opens up saying, you know, eyes to the ground, not sure I belong. Why'd you stick around? I thought you'd be gone. Why do I feel this way? I got nothing to say, but you hold me. And it was always you. It was always you. And we had a fan one day text go, I love how you sing about Jesus, about it been always. You know, like, bro, that's not about Jesus. That's about my wife, <laughs> right? And, and so often we get, we get uh, messages from people saying, why do you sing so many songs about your wife and love songs? Like, someone said this one day on, on our socials. We're like, you need to talk about Jesus more. And I'm like, you obviously haven't listened to me a lot if you think I don't talk about Jesus. Yeah. But secondarily any man that can't love his wife and can't sing love songs about his wife has no place telling anyone he loves the Lord. Yeah. Right? Because our wives are our brides and we're to love them as Christ loved the church. So this is the hard thing with me. Yeah. Give me one love song from a man who loves God to a woman that loves God over a thousand worship songs. Yeah. Any day of the week because Jesus is in it and he's rich in it and he's honored in it and he's glorified in it and I'm ranting right now, but I could go on for 10 minutes (laughs) on this, but I know that Jerry from our radio team is behind me, so I'm going to (laughs) stop. Thanks, Jerry. That's great. (laughs) No, Um, I'm done. This is one
0: of the first times that we've ever had a repeat tickling the eye. Oh no. Um, Some have been going through it for the first time this summer and fall. but this could be the first repeat. Darren from We Are Messengers, Tickling the Ivories, he's been rehearsing for an entire year. Oh, don't say that, bro. You can't set it up like that. And you know this, that all the artists we have, we've, we've set you up by saying there are some like Matt Marr who will come in and do Beethoven. Yeah. And then there's others like Zach Williams that will try to figure out Mary Had a Little Lamb, but they can't. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as you fall somewhere between
1: there we're fine i reckon i can fall closer to zach's maybe had a little <laughs> lamb to be honest yeah. all right i'll try something it's gonna suck but here we go <laughs> All right. Tickling the ivories.
0: it's tickling the ivories with darren from we are messengers are one of our first repeats at tickling the ivories so he's had a year to think about it and here we are, back in front of the keys. Whenever you're ready, 30 seconds to do whatever you want.
1: I'm not gonna give you 30 seconds. I might give you 15. It's a okay. song by an Irish guy called Hosier. This is gonna suck so terribly. It may take three goes. All right, here we go. That's a B, ma- You know, that's a B major. All right. So move me, baby, and shake like the bow of a willow tree. You do it naturally. So move me, baby. And so move me, baby, and shake like the bough of a willow tree. You do it naturally, so move me,
0: baby. Why were you so harsh on yourself? <laughs> that was one of the best ones we've ever had, right there. Uh, that was great. That's great. It, plus, when you can sing good, you can always—if something's off on the piano, everybody's listening to your voice anyway. No, and I
1: really hope not. <laughs> Tickling
0: the ivories. All right, wrapping up with Darren from We Are Messengers. The album came out back in January. That has a song "Love" on it, and uh, not maybe, and maybe Maybe it's okay. All right, so starting to rack them up there on the on the old album. Um, (laughs) Always love to have you in. I'm gonna get mocked for you 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 make my accent dance a little (laughs) bit, and then my my crew mocks me after you're gone Yeah, listen i I think it's a massive
1: improvement to be honest you know (laughs) (laughs) but i might be biased right all right well thank you for the time always love your heart and
0: thank you for sharing uh and and impacting our audience the way you do cheers here love you guys thank you bro I hope you enjoyed that. So many moments that were like goosebump moments in that interview. And then to end it like that in front of the piano. Love his voice, but uh, love his heart more than anything. I do want to let you know, if you ever want to share an episode with a friend, this would be the one to share. So many good spiritual nuggets. So we appreciate you sharing the podcast. And be sure to subscribe so you're always alerted when there's a new episode. Speaking of, next week... Jordan Feliz will be my guest. You can follow us on socials. Uh, you can hit subscribe. Always appreciate the good rating. And uh, until next week, that's a wrap. Pippa peace.